Hey, this is Steve with Life Worth Living. Jesus came to fill your life with power. Power to fix your problems, power to fulfill God's destiny for you, power to have faith and love and hope, power for you to help others who can't even help themselves, power to win at life and to stop losing. Who is this supernatural power for? It's for those who believe in Jesus and put their complete trust in Him. Jesus came to this earth in the manger, in the flesh, growing up to be a man, suffered and died, resurrected, taken back up to heaven again. He came to demonstrate his power for our benefit. God doesn't want you to be a weakling all your life. He wants you to be a powerhouse during your life. He wants you to be a powerhouse. And so he came to demonstrate his power. And I'd like to share four examples just really quick as we get started here. He, first of all, let me show you this picture here. There was this man, picture this, in a synagogue. Now, a synagogue is like a Jewish temple, a Jewish church. And this man had a shriveled up hand. We all have things that we're ashamed of. And I'm sure this man was ashamed of his shriveled up hand. And Jesus was speaking in the synagogue. And you know what he did to the man? Picture, put yourself in this man's shoes. He told him to stand up. What if I were to ask one of you right now, hey, would you just stand up? You would immediately feel, I imagine, a little bit uncomfortable, right? Especially if you had a disability, especially if you had something that was kind of embarrassing. But Jesus told the man in front of everybody, hey, stand up. The man stood up. And then Jesus asked him to extend his, his shriveled up hand that he'd been born with. And the man extended his hand. And as he extended his hand, the power of God healed that man's hand to where it was fully extended. Let me ask you what? Let me ask you this question. Wouldn't you like to have the power of God in your life? I would. I would love to have the power of, of God in my life. Jesus came to show you his power. Do you want eventually to die and go to heaven and then realize you missed out on a lot of power that God had for you? I don't. I want to get to heaven and realize every single benefit that God had for me, I took full advantage of. Let me give you another story. There was four men and they had one of their friends on a stretcher, all right? And Jesus was in this house, he was talking to people, and the house was so full, so full, that you couldn't walk in the door. Can you imagine? People crammed into the small house, listening to Jesus. They were probably just right up at his feet, super close to him, and these people brought their friend because they wanted Jesus' power to heal the friend who was paralyzed from his neck down, apparently. Well, what did these guys do? They got up on the roof and they started digging a hole in the roof because it's probably made out of mud and brick and straw, whatever. Can you imagine somebody digging a hole in your roof because you have a famous person in there? You'd be very frustrated. Well, these guys were so desperate. They went ahead and dug a hole in the roof and lowered the stretcher, I imagine with ropes or whatnot, right in front of Jesus. 
Can you imagine being under there and crumbling and things are falling on your head and you're looking up and all of a sudden a hole appears in the roof and down comes this poor body of this poor, poor man. And you know what Jesus told this man? He said to this young man, he says, your sins are forgiven. Now you might say, that doesn't sound very powerful to me, but I want you to think right now of a stain on your soul. A memory in your mind of something that you did wrong or something that was done to you that was wrong. Can you just just for a just for a minute imagine what if you never had to remember that again? That's the power of God. Jesus was saying to this young man, you never have to remember your sin ever again. His power helped cleanse his conscience and made his thought life completely whole and pure again. The power of God. Well, people started mumbling and grumbling in that little house and they said, who's this guy to say he can forgive sins? He says, Jesus said, what's easier for me to say your sins are forgiven or for me to tell you get up, roll up your mat and walk out of here? And he said, just so that you know that the Son of Man has power here on earth in the name. Well, he didn't say in the name because it was him. He said, get up, pick up your mat and walk. And the man jumped up, the power of God, healed that man. He jumped up, he picked up his mat and walked out the door. The power of God. All right. These stories in the Bible, I'm not making these stories up, by the way. They're in the Bible. And furthermore, they're not made up stories. They're events that actually occurred that were recorded by the disciples of Jesus. Power of God. Now you might say, hey, that's great. How does that, how does that impact me? Well, Jesus told his disciples this. Look at this verse that we'll throw up here on the screen. He said, I tell you the truth. Anyone who believes in me will do the same works I have done and even greater works because I am going to be with my father. God's power is for you today. God's power is for you today. The Bible tells us that all we have to do is have faith in God and God's power will be available to you. How do you do this? Just whisper a small prayer. You don't even have to say the prayer out loud. You can whisper it in your mind. Say, Jesus, please help me right now with this test that I'm about to take or with this problem that I have in my family or with this physical issue that I have. Jesus, would you please help me? And the power of God will be made available to you. You don't need a priest. You don't need a pastor. You don't need a special holy person to go through. You can talk to God for yourself. Any human being can do it. God encourages us to talk to him. But let me give you a second example. And this was after Jesus had already died. He had already been resurrected. He had already gone to heaven. He already had commissioned his disciples to say, go and make disciples. Well, here's Jesus. Here's Peter. He's, he's one of the 12 disciples. And he's walking towards the temple court. We have another picture here. And he's walking towards the temple court. And here's this beggar who is crippled, all right? And the beggar, have you ever noticed that people don't want to look you in the eye whenever you drive, drive up to stoplight? A lot of times they'll just hold up their sign, but they don't want to really look at you, all right? This, this, beg, this beggar, this crippled beggar did the same thing. He wouldn't look at 
Peter. He just had his hand outstretched. And you know what Peter said? He said, look at me. <laughs> look at me. And you know what I like to do whenever I go up to stoplights? I'll go ahead and roll down my window. I may not have a penny to give the person. And you know what I say? I'm sorry, but I don't have anything to give you. But how's your day going? And you know what it does? It gets their attention. It gets them to look at you. And you can ask them what their name is. You can ask them where they're from. You can show them a little bit of respect, a little bit of love, and it can make their day. But that's what Peter said. He said, look at me. He says, I don't have any money to give you, but I do have something else to give you. In the name of Jesus of Nazareth, he reached down, he grabs the guy, he gets him up on his feet, and the guy is completely, entirely healed in his legs by the power of God. By the power of God. What is the guy, what would you do if your legs were healed after being crippled? He starts jumping and dancing and yelling and shouting as they walk into the temple. Can you imagine if somebody did that in our church? They're just jumping and hollering. Hey, I'd be all for that. If they were healed, if the power of God had done something good for them, I would say, bring it on, man. You can be as loud and jump as much as you want to. The power of God. But let me tell you the fourth story, the fourth event. There's many, many, there's countless events of God's power throughout the entire Bible. The Bible is one of the most interesting books you will ever read. It's the best book on management. It's the best book on science. It's the best book on history. You can't beat the Bible. All right. It's rated X. It's got all kinds of gory, horrible stories in it, graphic stories in it. Read the Bible. And you'll get your fill of all kinds of interesting things. But one of them is events of the power of God. Here's the, here's the fourth one. There's this man named Saul. Saul was intent on murdering Christians, putting them in prison, ruining their lives. If you go to certain parts of the world, you'll find that Christianity is under persecution. All right. And and so this man, Saul, was intent. He was traveling. I believe it was from Jerusalem up to uh, Damascus. All right. Even where modern day Syria is Damascus, because there was a church there and he had letters from Jerusalem. He's going to use to imprison Christians there as he was going along the road there. I don't know if he was on a mount or if he was walking, but a, a bright light from heaven shone down on this man. And he heard a voice from heaven, the power of God speaking into him. Sometimes it takes something pretty dramatic to get your attention. God sometimes needs to shake your, your cage to get your attention. And he did so with the apostle Paul. His name was Saul. Got his attention. He fell down. He blinded him. He heard a voice from heaven. Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? Saul says, who are you, Lord? He says, I'm Jesus whom you are persecuting. Now go into Damascus and wait for instructions from me. Some of us need that kind of attention getting event in our lives. He went into town. Three days later, he was healed. His eyes were open. His name was changed from Saul to Paul, and he was never the same man ever again. The power of God wants to change your life. He wants you to be a different person. I'll tell you what, if you're having mental battles, you might be depressed, you might be bipolar, you might, I feel crazy sometimes, I don't know about you. Do you ever feel crazy? Feel crazy sometimes? God wants to make your mind sound. 
He wants to give you peace of mind. He wants, if if you're struggling financially, he wants to help you with your finances. The power of God. Why did Jesus come? He came to demonstrate his power. Jesus, look at this. Jesus did good by performing supernatural miracles. One of the toughest things that's hard to get in, has been hard to get into my thick-headed brain, is that God is good. God is good. God smiles. God laughs. God has joy. God wants you to have a good life. God is good. Jesus did good by performing supernatural miracles. Look at this in Isaiah 35, verses 5 through 6. I'll throw it up here on the screen. It says, Then will the eyes of the blind be opened, and the ears of the deaf unstopped. And then will the lame leap like a deer, and the mute tongue shout for joy. Water will gush forth in the wilderness and streams in the desert. Now, we live in the desert, so we know what that would be like for water to come gushing out into this dry wasteland that we live in. I love El Paso, by the way. I'm not saying anything bad. Matthew 11, verses 2 through 6, it says, When John, who was in prison, heard about the deeds of the Messiah, he sent his disciples to ask him, Are you the one who is to come, or should we expect someone else? See, John the Baptist had been thrown into prison. And he was starting to wonder, was Jesus really who Jesus said he was? And Jesus replied, go back and report to John what you've heard and seen. The blind have received their sight, the lame walk, and those who have leprosy are cleansed. The deaf hear, the dead are raised, and the good news is proclaimed to the poor. Did you get that? Jesus came to show his power for your good. For your good. I know when I was in college... Before every test, I would study my head off. I was, I was a ridiculous student, um, overly that way. I was, I was worried about getting bad grades. And what would I do? I would always pray. I'd whisper a prayer right before I start my exam. God, please help me. <laughs> please help me. You know, I want to get a good grade here. You can ask God for help for anything, and his power will come in and help you. Jesus came to demonstrate his power in Acts 10, 38. It said, God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power, who went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed of the devil. God is so good, you guys, and he wants to show you his power to show you how good he is. All right, so listen to this. Jesus came to fill your life with power. Jesus came. Don't get distracted. Listen to me carefully. This won't be long. I promise you, this is not going to be super long. Jesus came to fill your life with power, each and every one of you, with power. He doesn't want you to be a weakling. He doesn't want you to be hopeless. He doesn't want you to be a victim. He wants you to be power packed so that you can do the things that God has called you to do, so that you can see those dreams fulfilled that you thought, how on earth could I ever get to that place? Through God's power, he can get you to that place. He wants you to have a power-packed life. He wants you to be able to fix your problems with his help. He wants you to fulfill his destiny in you. He wants you to have the power of faith and love and hope. He wants, to, he wants to give you power so that you can help others. He wants you to have power so that you can help yourself. 
He wants you to have power so that you can start winning in life and stop losing in life. God doesn't want you to lose. He wants you to win. It's called being victorious, being an overcomer. So who is the supernatural power for? Let's ask ourselves. Because you look in this world and you see a lot of people, they don't have any power. They're, they're, they're weak, they're frail, they're addicts. God has power for a certain type of person. Listen to who this person is. In Ephesians 1, verses 18 through 20, he says, I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened. Now, all of us here, we have two eyes. Some of us have good eyesight. I found that after 50, my eyesight is getting worse and worse and worse. And I'm refusing to get glasses. I'm refusing to get contacts. I got into an airport a while back and I was trying to read and I literally couldn't see what I was supposed to be reading. I think I need to go get glasses. All right. But we have eyes. But you know what? We have eyes of our heart. Eyes in our heart. And the Apostle Paul, that guy that got his life changed. He was Saul and he was Paul. He's the one that wrote this book, Ephesians. He said, I pray that the eyes of your heart might be enlightened, that you would start seeing things that you've never seen before, perceiving spiritual things that you've never seen before in order that you may know what? His incomparably great power for us who believe. Who is the power of God for? For people who believe in Jesus. That's who the power of God is for. How many of you could say, and I'm not going to ask you to slip up your hands, but how many of you could say, I believe in Jesus just a little bit? Just a little bit. Hey, Steve, I, I, have, I don't have big faith, but I do have a little bit of faith. Guess what? The power of God is for you. Because Jesus said, if you have faith, even as small as a little mustard seed, a little mustard seed is tiny, itty bitty, little mustard seed. It's, he said, if you have faith as little as a mustard seed, you can speak to this mountain and it'll be moved. In other words, you will have power to get your life back in order again. Isn't that good news? That the power of God is available for those who believe that same power as that was with a mighty strength that he exerted when he raised, when God raised Jesus from the dead. It's that power that we're talking about. That power that gets your life turned around, your mind straightened out again, your habits the way that they should be. The Bible says he's given you a spirit of self-control. You can start exerting control of yourself and not eating so bad. That's my problem, all right? I love to go in there, all you know, but some of you don't know. I love to go into the pantry and just pig out, hog out. And I need a spirit of self-control. You laugh. It's a problem. It's a problem. We all have our weaknesses. We need the power of God. How do you get the power? Believe in Jesus Christ and you'll start seeing the power of God in your life to be able to overcome things that you were never able to before. It says in 2 Timothy 1.7, God hasn't given you a cowardly spirit. In other words, a victimized spirit. We're always a victim, always thinking about what was done to you, always thinking about your deficiencies. God didn't give you that attitude, that spirit. He gave you a spirit of power. Now, you need to start ex exercising and saying, every morning I get up, you know what, Jesus, I believe in you. 
Not only do I believe in you, I believe on you. <laughs> the Bible talks about this. I believe on the name of Jesus. In other words, I'm leaning totally on him. To believe in something is to trust in something. All right? If we believe in the U.S. government, that means you're trusting in the U.S. government. I think you're crazy if you do that. All right? But some people do. They believe the government's going to come through to them. What does that mean? That means they're leaning on the government. Well, one of these days, they're going to fall over because the government's going to fail them if they haven't failed them already. But I tell you what, you believe in Jesus, you start leaning and trusting on Jesus, his power is going to be available for you. Man, that encourages me so much. In Acts 1.8, Jesus expresses to his disciples, he says, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. You will receive power. Power is available. Do you believe in Jesus? And I'm about to get into the nitty gritty here in just a minute or two to show you exactly how you can access the power of God. But in Ephesians 6:10, it says, in conclusion, be strong in the Lord. In other words, be empowered through your union with him. Draw your strength from him. That strength which is boundless, which is boundless might provides. What do we do in the morning? What does this look like? In the morning, get up. And whisper a prayer to God. Just whisper a prayer and say, Jesus, I'm not strong in myself today. Would you help me be strong? That's drawing strength from God and being unified. How do you get in union with God? By talking to him. By listening to him. By, by thinking about him. By realizing, hey, he's right beside me. He's not light years above me. No, he's right here beside me when you start thinking that way and operating that way you're in union with God and you can draw strength from him I'll tell you I can't tell you how many times I remember being in the car once and feeling so tired so weak it made me angry actually and I started yelling in my car I was so frustrated I was driving I went for lunch I got in my car and I started yelling at the top I was mad at my boss at the time I'll just be honest with you I was just, he had beat into me, torn into me, and I was yelling. And you know what? My yelling subsided, and I just started praying. <laughs> I started talking to God, and his strength strengthened me that day. I'll never forget it. He strengthened me that day as I got back unified with him. But this word, to be empowered by God. Now, in my job where I work, we talk about empowering our employees. I'm going to empower you to make this decision. Did you know God has empowered you? He's empowered you so that you don't have to be victimized. But to be empowered is to have this overwhelming force that crushes immediate resistance and dominates your problem. God has given you that kind of power. That's why Jesus came to make that power available to you so that you can begin to exercise God's power. Now look at this statement. I'll throw it up on the screen here. Because Jesus has all power, you can share in his power through your daily union with him. Isn't that wonderful? Because Jesus has all power, you can have union with Jesus and you can start having that power in your life to overcome all those tendencies that you and I have, to overcome the negativity, my word. We start thinking negative thoughts, and before we know it, we're spiritually on the ground. But the power of God raises us back up again, 
puts our puts us back on our two feet uh you know winds us back up again and gets us back on the right path we need the power of god on a daily basis they don't ever think oh god's going to give me one injection of power and that's all i need the rest of my life no i need a daily dose of god's power through prayer through reading the bible through coming to church like we're doing by coming and volunteering on Tuesday and giving out to other people, you find when you give, you are empowered as well. Praise God. Well, in Philippians 4, 13, it says, the Bible says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I can do all things through God's power given to me. I could do anything. You you can do anything. There's nothing you can't do with the power of God on your side. Praise God. So I'm going to send you, for everybody that signed up for our daily text, one of these, I think it's on Friday, you're going to get this text that says, experiment with this prayer. My God, show me all I am empowered to accomplish through you. You're going to, and I want you to experiment this week. Just try it one day. Get up on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Doesn't matter. Pick a day and open, as soon as your eyes open, say, My God, show me all I'm empowered to do today through your power. And you watch if that day isn't power packed, that God doesn't help you every step of the way. Why? Because you're believing on God. You're leaning on God. You're trusting in God. And God doesn't fail people that trust in him. He doesn't. He's a trustworthy God. So the Lord strengthens us with combative, a com- confrontive force to achieve all he gives us faith for. Whenever, whenever you hear that whisper of hope, that whisper of faith, that's God saying, I'm giving you the power to do this. Now, you're going to think I'm crazy, but people like Walt Disney. And Walt Disney just blows my mind. There he was. He was sitting there watching his little girls on a little merry-go-round. And he was inspired to build Disneyland. He was just inspired. He says, I would love to make a place for little kids to enjoy themselves. Now it cost a million bucks to go, but back then, all right? Love to make a place. Just You know what? God was just whispering into his, you can do it, Disney. Go for it, man. You can do it. Was Disney a godly person? I don't think he was. But you know what? Some people listen to God's positive message into their lives and other people refuse to and live negative the rest of their lives. God is a positive God and he tells you, you can do it with my power. You can do anything. So stop languishing. Stop feeling like you're not going to amount to anything. I've got plans for you. I've got plans to prosper you, plans for a future, plans for hope for you. You're going to do great things with the power of God in your life when you lean on God. Praise God. Well, this, this word power, I don't know if you know this, but the New Testament of the Bible was written originally in Greek. And so whenever you study the Bible, you start looking at the Greek words to understand their meaning, because Greek was a very rich language and is a very rich language. Most Latin languages are. I, I actually grew up learning Spanish before I learned English. And so whenever I hear a Spanish word and I compare it to an English word, I'm like, Spanish word is a way deeper, richer meaning than an English word does. 
right? And Greek is no different. Greek comes with a richness and a depth of meaning. Furthermore, as we go in, in America, the English language is losing more and more and more of its meaning. Its words are far less meaningful than they used to be. But this word power in the Greek is really twofold. It's it, first of all, it comes from the same word that we use for dynamite. It's that kind of power, explosive power. And, and it has to do not only with power, but ability. In fact, every time you see in the Bible, it talks about strength or power. It's, it's speaking of power ability, power dash ability. God gives you amazing abilities to accomplish huge things for the kingdom of heaven. All right, and so in Exodus 3, uh, 31, if I got that right, there was a couple of men there, and I've referred to these guys before, but it says that God filled them with a spirit of wisdom, understanding, and all kinds of skills. Now, think about the skills that you have, the abilities that you have. They come from Almighty God, and he's expecting you to use those skills. So whenever you look at yourself and somebody asks you, hey, what are you good at? And you say, oh, I'm not good at anything. God frowns at that. You've got incredible skills. You've got incredible abilities. Why not use them for humanity? Why not use them to help somebody? Why not use them for God as worship to the Lord? Every time you do something with excellence because you're good at it, you're praising God whether you realize it or not. You're giving all the glory to God. So these guys were given incredible skills, even for artistic designs of working in gold and silver and bronze and cutting stones and wood and engaging in all kinds of crafts. Why? Because they were building the Ark of the Covenant. They were building the tent of meeting that would house the Ark. They were doing something for God. It's, tr it's tragedy to me. I just got on my phone uh, some rapper, I think he was 28 years old, just got stabbed to death. I don't know if it was his concert or what, but what a tragedy to use your gifting for yourself and not for others. What a tragedy to use what God gave you uh, for, 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 to promote yourself instead of to promote the Lord Jesus Christ. Wow, what a tragedy. I don't want to get to the end of my life and, and find myself doing that. All right, but in Ephesians 3.20, but do you see how rich the Bible is? There's so many good verses, so many powerful, potent, direct things that can, can affect us and change us. But it says now in Ephesians 3.20, it says, Now to him who is able to carry out his purpose and do super abundantly more than all we could dare to ask or think, infinitely beyond our greatest prayers, hopes, and dreams, according to his power that is at work within us. Man, I tell you what, if we would just let God's power work in us by talking to Jesus, by reading the word of God, by coming to church, by going to this outreach on Tuesday, if we just did those things, the power of God would be available to us. We would start doing great and mighty things we may not become rich and famous, but who cares about that stuff? We're doing it for Jesus. We're doing it for humanity. We're doing it to show people what Jesus, what kind of God Jesus really is. Praise the Lord. Now in Ephesians, I'm going to read it in a little bit different version here. In Ephesians 3.20, it says, Now unto him who's able. Now look at these color-coded words. All right, Now unto him who is able, 
to do immeasurably more than we could ask or imagine according to his power that is at work within us. There was this guy, a theologian. A theologian is somebody who studies God, studies the Bible. He said, there is no limit to God's power. Only human words and thoughts are limited about it. (laughs) There's no limit to God's power. Only our words and our thoughts limit our ability to perceive how incredibly, insanely powerful God is. But look at these two words in red, able and power. And in, in the Greek, these are both using that same Greek word, dynamite, dunamis, dynamite, power, ability and power. I told you they're a compound word, power and ability. It goes together. All right. So the Apostle Paul, as he was writing, he says, now to him who's God, who is able, in other words, who has all the arsenal of abilities. He's got this ocean of skills and abilities. And he sees one person and he gives that ability to them. And he gives this ability to that person. He spreads, the Bible says, he spreads his gifts abroad. (laughs) He just takes his gifts and abilities and spreads them out to all of humanity, whether they believe in him or not. Have you noticed that? People love God, people don't love God. Either way, they have abilities that are God-given. He says, now unto him who's able to do Who's able? God is able to do. Well, what is that talking about? Well, the do here is to bring forth, to manufacture, to cause to happen, to bring to pass, to carry out, to perform, to produce, and to make you into something. God can do something in your life. God can do something in your mind. He can trigger something that will cause you to do things that you would have never done before. Never done before. God does. God does. He's he's amazing. He produces. For the artist, it means the most. If you like to write or you like to you like music or you like to draw or whatever, you produce, you do. You create things, and God is a very creative God. Look at each one of us. We have different colored skins, different talents, different accents, different abilities. God loves diversity. Praise God for that. He loves diversity. He does. He produces. He creates. Now look at this next word. These two next words, immeasurably and more in the Greek, are literally the same word, and it's hyper. (laughs) Hyper. What is hyper? Well, hyper is above and beyond. I'm hyper. <laughs> and then I fall, fall over and sleep like a, like a, I don't know, like a dead person. But hyper, in other words, above and beyond. And in this word, he used hyper, hyper. In other words, if you're hyper, I'm going to make you hyper, hyper. In other words, I'm, I can do infinitely, immeasurably, over the top more than you could ever ask or ever imagine amazing the power of god amazing the power of god we read on that then all we ask or imagine according to what his dunamis power ability his power ability that is at work and let's just look at this last word right here this work in in the greek is energio which is you know, there's a, there's a dumb movie that talks about Energico. Uh, Energio, it's the strength 
Sometimes, have you ever noticed this? Some days you have more energy than other days. You ate the same, you slept the same, but it's just weird, all right? I believe that's very spiritual in nature. God's at work in your life. He gives you energy above and beyond your own strength. It's at work within us. It's God's power flowing through us as would an electrical current uh, flowing through a wire, taking his power from heaven to a point here on earth, which is our lives to accomplish, to perform, to affect and to exert what God intends to happen. I believe on Tuesday when we have our wonderful uh, outreach to the autism community in town, I believe God's energy is going to be here. People are going to be encouraged. People are going to be happier than they came in. They're going to walk in one way and walk out another way because of God's wonderful energy that flows in us. Praise God. So here's the last thing I'll tell you just really quick. How can I make room for God's power in my life? How can I make room? Here's how you can do it. 2 Corinthians 12, verses 7 through 10. It's laid out perfectly. Again, the Apostle Paul, the, the, the guy that was blinded for three days and his life was changed and his name and identity were changed by God himself. He writes this. He says, but because of these surpassing great revelations he had had, he started to become prideful. Have you ever been pride, proudful? You're prideful? You're like, I did that. That was pretty cool. Hey, good job, buddy. <laughs> I did a good job. Well, he was getting conceited. He was getting prideful. He said, I was given a thorn in my flesh. Have you ever gotten a th pricked your thorn? Uh, pricked your thorn. Pricked your finger with a thorn? Yeah, I mean, I'm sure we all have. We have rose bushes in front of our house, and sometimes I'll clip them. Tina clipped one, and she got a thorn, and it got infected, and she was, it was hurt her for months. He was given a thorn in his flesh, a messenger of Satan to torment him because he was prideful. And let me forewarn you, if you get prideful, the Bible says uh, uh, pride comes before a fall. If you get prideful, you can expect something bad to happen fairly quickly and fairly soon in your life. Why? God wants you to stay humble. So he was given this thorn in the flesh, a messenger from Satan to torment him. Three times Paul pleaded in prayer. He said, Lord, take this away from me. But God said to him, my grace is sufficient for you. And in other words, I, I used to read this. And I was like, what does that mean? How does that help me? And I read another version of the Bible that said, my grace is all you need. My grace is all you need. What is grace? God's unmerited favor in your life. The favor of God is when you've run out of gas and you can dry, make it all the way to a gas station and you get filled up. That's the grace of God. The grace of God is when you make a stupid financial decision and you can still pay your rent at the end of the month. The, the, the grace of God is when you don't study for a test and you still get an 80 or 90 or 98 on it. That's the favor of God when he does good things even though you don't deserve it. He says, therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses uh, because so that, look at this, so that God's or Christ's power may rest on me. That is why for Christ's sake, I delight in weaknesses and in insults and hardships and persecutions and difficulties. For when I am weak, then I'm strong. Three things I'll leave you with. Three requirements for Christ's immeasurable power to be at work in your life. Number one is you got to stay steer clear. <laughs> you got to steer clear from pride. 
Selfish self, self-preservation, and self-promotion. Stay away from being selfish. I remember once at work, my boss had it in for me, and I was keeping every email that this person and I would exchange. I got it to where I had the stack of emails this long because I was self-preserving myself. And I was stressed out. I was obsessed. I'm going to, you know, that person's wrong. I'm right. And I'll never forget the still small whisper in my mind, throw the emails away. I got you covered. <laughs> I was like, are you sure? <laughs> are you sure about that? This was years and years ago. And eventually I did. I got those emails. I, I shredded them and I trusted God to preserve me. And God did. We've got to get away from self-preservation selfishness selfish self and so if you want the power of God in your life stop focusing on yourself so much and start focusing on other people start focusing first on God and then focus on other people and don't focus on yourself so much the power of God will start working in your life like never before the second thing is you've got to get to the place where God's grace is all you need you don't need money you don't need a job we all need jobs. Don't get me wrong. I'm not, asking, I'm not mentioned, saying that we all stay home and be lazy. I'm just saying don't trust your job. Don't trust your employer. Don't trust your own ingenuity, your smarts, your abilities. Trust in God's grace. He's the one that makes things click for you. You don't make things click for yourself. He does it. God's grace is all that you need. You might tell yourself, I don't have much in life, but I do have God. And that's all you need. All right? You're going to have more of the power of God in your life when you adopt that attitude than you've ever had before because God is all you need. Here's the third thing I'll end with. My power is made perfect in your weakness. Your weakness, your personal weakness, your frailty, your handicap, your inability. Your, your, you might be resource poor. You might be facing an impossible problem. That's the perfect place for God's power to shine through in is your weakness life has a way of humbling us we need to embrace whatever is humbling us right now and I want you to pause and think right now what impossibility are you facing right now might be a family problem financial problem college problem career problem what problem are you facing that's a perfect opportunity for God's power to show up in your life so embrace it say I love my weakness because now God is going to do something powerful in my life. We need to get to the end of our rope and let go <laughs> and fall into God's hands. Fall into God's graceful hand. Let me tell you what, all you and I need is God's grace and all God needs is our weakness. Let's bow our heads. Lord Jesus, we thank you, God, for this time together. We thank you, God, because you sent your son Jesus to this earth to show his wonderful power so that we might have a wonderful life. Not a trouble-free life. We're all going to have problems in our life. We're all going to have struggles. We're going to suffer at times. But Lord, we're going to have a wonderful life because we're doing it arm in arm with you, shoulder to shoulder with you. We're no longer alone. We're no longer just out there making our own decisions. No, we're making it with your help. We're making it with your inspiration, Lord Jesus. We're doing things for you and for others instead of just doing them for ourselves, Lord God. And so, Lord, I, I think of that scripture that says that Jesus stands at the door of our heart and he's knocking. He's asking to come in. 
And the Bible says that any person who opens the door of their heart, of their life, and lets you come in, that you will come in, you will sit down, you'll take up residence in our life, you'll eat with us, and you'll begin to change us one day at a time, making us better and better people, transforming us from the old person to a new person. Thank you, Heavenly Father. I want to ask anybody that you would like the power of God like I've described it, you would like that power in your life, I'd like you just to slip up your hands and say, hey, I want that power. I need it. I can't do it on my own. Anybody? All right, all I want to do is just pray for you right now. And I want to ask anybody that hasn't had Jesus in their life, you've been out there a loner. You've been doing it on your own. You've been doing it by yourself. But you would like Jesus to come into your heart. He's been knocking. He's been saying, hey, I want to come in. Is that you? Would you like the Lord Jesus to come into your life? Raise your hand. I want to pray with you as well. Anybody else? You want Jesus to come into your life? All right. Lord God, I pray for every single person, Lord, who's raised their hand, who's raised their hand right now and saying, I want the power of God in my life. I want to know this man, Jesus Christ, the Son of God and the Son of Man. I want to know this man, Jesus Christ. I want him in my heart. I want him in my life. I want to start using my abilities for him. I want to use my weaknesses for him as well, the power of God in my life to accomplish great and mighty things. I pray for every single person. Lord, every single person, whether they raise their hands or not, Lord God, that your power would begin to be evident in their life. That all of us would say, God, your grace is all I need. I don't need anything else in my life. Oh, Lord Jesus, make your power evident in our weakness because we're all weak in one form or fashion. Lord, make your power evident and shore up our weaknesses, Lord Jesus, like only you can. In your name I pray, Lord God. Amen.